following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. It's Wednesday for all the parents with kids. School's almost out. And they're like, oh, great. So for some of you, that's not a good thing. You got to put up with your kids all day. Christmas is almost here. It's right around the corner. Man, hey, you know what? Before I even jump into that, I want to give honor to my pastor tonight. He's not here. And so anytime we get up here, I don't want you guys to feel like that we have to brag on our pastor because um, he's our pastor and we do it in front of him. I want you to know he'll never hear, he'll never hear this tonight. But he's the greatest man to work for that I, I, I'm telling you, he is a phenomenal boss. He's a phenomenal man of God. And he's invested so much in me personally that there's no way that I could ever repay what he's done for me. Just the conversations. And listen, I know you trust him as your pastor, but let me tell you as somebody who, who works uh, side by side with him, you are entrusting your family under the leadership of a godly man who has, who's in tune with the heart of God. And... Um, I just want you to know without him even knowing it, we tell him that all the time, but I want you to know without him here how much his staff loves working for him and we're behind his vision and what God's called him to do here in this church. And it really is, it really is an honor to stand on this platform and preach to um, the church that by the grace of God he has brought in and just people have have flooded this house every single week by the help and the grace of God. It is an honor every time one of us has the opportunity to stand here and open up God's word. And so tonight is absolutely no different. So I want to jump in and get really spiritual really quickly. Uh, how many of you have all your Christmas shopping done? Someone? Hang on, raise your hands. I can't tell by clapping. Let me see. All right. Yeah, somebody said braggers. That's right. All right, let me, let me go, let's get real honest because we're in church and you're not going to lie. How many of you haven't even started? So we called the other people's braggers. We're going to call you slackers. Let's go, people. It's you who are making traffic around Austin awful right now. Please. I can't go anywhere. It's just bumper to bumper. Every Barton Creek Mall, I'm telling you, they're making $78 million this hour right now. They better be with the amount of cars that is flooding that parking lot. Sorry. As you can tell, I really enjoy traffic. Um, oh, let me ask you this. Okay, so you've got these, these Christmas parties. How many of you ever receive gifts that are just A, really weird... You know, those, you know, or B, you just absolutely hate, but you have to act like you like them. You know, anybody ever been there? You know what I'm talking about? Okay, well, I, I've got something for you. I'm going to help you out, okay? I've got the top eight responses to the worst gifts that you open this Christmas season. Are you ready? Here's going to be your response. We'll start with number eight. They give it to you, you open it. Well, 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 there's a gift. Yeah, that's, 
Wow, that's number eight. That was okay. It wasn't really that good. It's okay. Number seven. No, really, I, I didn't know that there was a Chia Pet tie. <laughs> it's clip-on, too. It's wonderful. I love it. Okay, so that's, that's number seven. Number six, the gift that you open and you just can't stand, but you, you have to say something, you know, or it gets really weird quickly. Wow, you know, I always wanted one of these. Jog my memory. What's it called again? You're welcome. That's a good one. You can use that one. This, this one's funny. Number five. You know what? I'm going to find a special place to put this one. It's called the trash can. Number four. This one is, this is my favorite. I got, I'm going to work this in somehow this Christmas. He opened the gift. Boy, you just don't see a craftsmanship like this every day. Wow. <laughs> Number three. Why? Well, and it's such an interesting color too. Purple and, and green. I mean, it's beautiful. Thank you. You just really got to dote over the color. Number two. Oh, you say it was the last one, huh? Man, I'm really glad you snatched that one up. <laughs> and number one, you shouldn't have. No, really, really, seriously, you, you shouldn't have. You just should have saved your money because this is terrible. Don't do that. Don't, don't use that one. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry, Merry Christmas. Okay, so we got we to gotta jump into the Word of God tonight. And we're going to be talking, we're going to go through the Christmas story a little bit here. And we're going we're gonna to be working through Matthew chapter 2 this evening. We're not working out of Luke tonight. Uh, Matthew chapter 2. And we're using this Christmas theme that we've been using all month. But if I had a subtitle for our time together this evening, it would be this. What to bring... When you're in the presence of a king. Matthew chapter 2 verse 1 starts this way. Now, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king. Not before he was born, but after he was born, the Bible says. In the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. And I want you to notice, these wise men, they didn't come to Bethlehem first. They did go to Bethlehem, just not first. At first, they went to Jerusalem, saying this, where is he? So they didn't really know where he was at this point. Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star, we've seen it in the east, and we've come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem was troubled with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests, in other words, he got all the pastors together, all the people that knew the scriptures, he got all the chief priests and all the scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And so they said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. So, so they got the scriptures out. They opened up the word of God. And they're reading right from Micah chapter 5 verse 2. And this is what it would say. But you Bethlehem in the land of Judah are not the least 
among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, this is because Herod obviously wanted to kill Jesus. We know this, but but my opinion is he also wanted to kill the witnesses as well that knew what was going on. And so that's why he secretly called them, the wise men, and he told them to come back. And he determined from them what time the star appeared. And here's what I want you to understand this evening as we, we begin our time together tonight, that, that this was not at the, the moment, at the birth of Christ when the wise man came, when the wise men came to visit. They came after the birth of Jesus, and I'll show you. He determined, the Bible says, what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the young child. He didn't, say, he didn't say go search for the baby Jesus. He said go search for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. Which we know he didn't have any plans to worship him. When they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them. This was a supernatural phenomenon that was taking place. It went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And it's interesting if you read this, that the phrase young child shows up 14 times from verse 8 to verse 21. Young child. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, not the stable, the house, they saw the young child, not the baby, with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and they worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. So what is it? What is it that you bring when you're in the presence of a king? Do you go buy everything that money can buy and bring it with you when you're going to enter the presence of a king? Do you get really creative and try to try to think of the most thoughtful, sentimental gift that you can come up with? What is it? What is it that you bring when you're in the presence of a king? And I'm just going to lay it out there tonight. I'm going to make it really simple. The only thing of value that you can bring when you're in the presence of a king is your worship. See, a king has everything that money can buy. He doesn't need some thought out toy. He doesn't need the money that you, no, no, no. When you're in the presence of a king, you bring your worship. You bring your adoration. You bring your praise when you're in the presence of a king. You bring all that you have. You bring heart and soul when you're in the presence of a king. Think about this. When Jesus came into the world, the wise men begin to worship him. People would show up to worship him because they wanted to be in his presence. And so we know that the wise men came to worship him. And so for the next few moments, I want to share with you three, three types of worship that the wise men brought with them as they entered the presence of a king. 
The first type of worship that, that these wise men brought with them was expectant worship. They, they brought expectant worship. They, they came into the presence of the king expecting something to happen. They came in expecting that there was something going to take place. They came with expectant worship. They came a thousand miles expecting something. They didn't come in. Not tonight. It's not going to be my night. We're never going to find him. It's not going to happen. No, no, they came expecting something. You've heard them called Magi, let me give you a little bit of backstory. And Pastor kind of talked a little bit uh, about them several weeks ago, but let me take it in a little different direction. And, and you understand that these, these Magi, these wise men, they were from the East. They weren't Jewish people at all. And these Magi, the word Magi is where we get the word magic from. They were magicians, they were astronomers, they were astrologers, possibly even sorcerers. And I could prove this to you. We could go back in the word of God in Daniel chapter 2, but, but we don't have time to break all of that down tonight. But, but before you, you start to judge them, thinking sorcerers and all this stuff, don't, don't be too hard on these wise men, on these magi, because every single one of us, we're born with this desire for the supernatural. There's something on the inside of us that, that says, I just, I want to experience something supernatural. And so if you weren't born in Israel or a part of Israel and you didn't know about God, you have this hunger, this desire for the supernatural. And that's why even in cultures today, you, you hear about witch doctors and, and sorcery still today, fortune telling and all that stuff, because people have a desire for the supernatural. It's just misguided. And I believe that these men had a, had a desire for the supernatural. They knew that there was something special happening, and so they traveled. And when they traveled, they didn't travel on camels. You can still have your camel and your nativity scene. It's okay. But they weren't on camels. They were on Persian horses, the finest horses in the world. And history bears out that it would have taken them around nine months to travel this, this thousand miles on these fine horses. But they didn't travel to a stable. The Bible is very clear when it says that they had come into the house. So, so Jesus was either somewhere, history bears out, and it's not exact, but, but somewhere maybe 9 to 18 months old because when Herod determined the time, he killed all the children, uh, all the young men under the age of 2. The Bible says when they came into the house and, and saw the young child. But, but here's my point tonight. It had been passed down for hundreds of years about this Messiah. And these magi traveled a thousand miles to get in his presence and worship him. And I have a very simple question under point number one. And it's this. If they made that much effort to get into his presence, 
Why don't you and I make the same effort to get in his presence more often? Why don't, why don't you and I do whatever we have to do that says, you know what, every time the doors are open, I'm going to be in the house of the Lord. I, I know my schedule's busy. I know Christmas is crazy. I know my kid's sports schedule is crazy. But there's just something that happens when I get into his presence. Come on, you and I should have an excitement Start boiling up in our hearts on Thursday and on Friday that says, listen, it is Sunday's coming. I get to enter into God's presence with God's people. There's just something in me. You should be thinking about it tomorrow when you wake up. Man, ooh, I just can't wait to get back to the house of the Lord. And sure, listen, I know and I want you to. You should get in his presence on your own. And I hope you do. But there's something special about getting in his presence with his people. There's just, see, you just can't really put a finger on it, but there's just something special that happens when you join together in his presence with his people. We ought to walk in here every Sunday and every Wednesday as if it were the very first time that we had walked in a church like we needed it. Like, remember that moment when he set you free and you came down, you said, listen, I'm I'm not leaving here until he does something in my world. We ought to walk into church every single time we walk in filled with awe and wonder of who he is and what it is that he has the potential to do in your life and what he's already done in your life in the car on the way to church you ought to lean over to your husband or to your wife and say hey honey i i I wonder i wonder who's gonna get who's gonna get set free from an addiction today at church Hey, hey, babe, I know we're on the way to church, but, but I wonder who's going to come down for prayer after the second song and who's going to be healed from cancer today. Baby, I wonder who it's going to be. I, don't, I may not know them, but I can't wait for the report to hear what God's doing in their world. I wonder how many people are going to repent of their sins for the very first time today. I just, baby, I can't wait to get to church. You would be amazed at what happened if you started having a a spirit of expectation when you walked in his presence. Not expecting the, the songs to be your favorite songs. Not expecting the message to be a message just tailored for you, but expecting God to do something in your world. And when you put the expectation on him and not man, I promise you he will meet your need. I'm preaching tonight. When you're in the presence of a king, you got to bring expectant worship. The second type of worship that these wise men brought with them, this is good, was expressive worship. Expressive worship. Matthew chapter 2, verse 10. When they saw the star, they rejoiced. With exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother. Now watch this. And they fell down and worshipped him. Now now there's two phrases here that I want to draw your attention to. They rejoiced with exceedingly. 
exceedingly great joy. The Bible could have just stopped with rejoiced. They rejoiced. That would have been the verb. That would have been great. Rejoice. But then it adds the word joy. They rejoiced with joy. They came in with a smile on their face, clapping their hands, saying, woo They rejoiced with joy. They didn't rejoice with frowning. I just lift you up, God. They rejoiced with joy. And then it adds the word exceedingly. They rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. Come on, when's the last time that you worshiped with exceedingly great joy? When's the last time you walked into the house of the Lord or walked into your home with exceedingly great joy? They expressed their worship and they they fell down and worshiped him. And and this word is not the word for for bend or for bow. In fact, it's a, a pretty uncommon word in the New Testament. In the Greek, it literally means to fall down violently. This is my favorite. Are you ready? And be shattered. These men walked into a house. Watch this. They saw a toddler and they fell down violently and were shattered in his presence. These were not unintelligent or or socially unacceptable people. No, these were wealthy, intelligent people of the day. And when they entered the presence of the king, they were shattered in his presence. Can I just preach to you for a moment? It wouldn't be a bad idea every now and again that when you enter the presence of a king, that you're go ahead, you just go ahead and allow yourself to be broken. Have you when's the last time you had that moment with him where you just you just can't control the tears? You just can't control your hands. You know, I just thank you, Jesus. I just I just gotta stop everything that I'm doing and I gotta get with you because you've been too good to me. Come on, when's the last time you've allowed yourself to be broken in the presence of God? I'm not talking in a showy way where it becomes about you and not about him. No, no, no. When's the last time you were broken in your house? When's the last time that you got on the floor in your house and you weep tears of joy when you pleaded the blood over your family? When's the last time you were shattered in his presence? They're going to express their worship. They're going to express their love. Watch this. Psalm 47 says, Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout to God with a voice of triumph. Psalm 95, Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Psalm 95, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Psalm 134, lift up your hands in the sanctuary, in church, and bless the Lord. Listen, these are scriptural. These aren't denominational. It doesn't say if you're Pentecostal, raise your hand, or if you're Baptist, raise your hand, or if you're Methodist, raise your hand and shout unto the Lord. No, 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 it doesn't, this is the word of God. If you got breath in your body, this is instruction for you. These are scriptural expressions of what's in your heart. The third thing. 
So you bring expectant worship. Pastor's been letting us out at 8.30, so I'm going to get you out of here by 8.30 tonight, I promise. He'll ask me tomorrow, I promise you. You bring expectant worship. You bring expressive worship. And the third thing you bring, you bring extravagant worship. Extravagant worship. Verse 11 says it this way. That when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, we're going to get back to that phrase in a moment, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And now you, you need to understand a few things about this. First of all, these gifts had prophetic significance that they probably didn't know at the time. But gold would represent royalty. Frankincense would represent his divinity, right? Uh, Incense, when you offer up your prayers, you offer your incense. And myrrh would represent humanity. And so this was his humanity and divinity and his royalty. And this is what it would represent prophetically. But why did these Persian magi, these wise men, bring these gifts to the king? It's very simple why, why they would bring these gifts to the king. Because these were the best three resources that Persia offered. Persia was known for these three things. They were known for gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Pastor Randy, if you'll help me. And so my question is this evening for you. It's very simple. And I'm going to be very direct with you. And I'm preaching to me too, okay? So don't throw rocks at me or tomatoes at me. Do you bring your best when you come to worship? See, see, here's what I'm learning as a dad with young kids, that when I come home from work, I don't get to shut down. Like, we're tired from the day, but I got three kids and a wife at home that need their daddy and need their husband. Like, I don't get to just, as much as there's days when I want to just plop down on the couch and watch ESPN till I have to go to bed. See, I, I can't do that because my family is worth more than that. They deserve more than that. See, when I come home, I got to bring my best home. I got to give my family even more than what I bring here. And so I'm asking you, do you bring your, what do you bring when you come to worship? Do you bring your leftovers? Listen, trust me, I know it's been hard. I know the kids have been sick. I got two girls with coughs for the last month and a half, and we're trying to figure out what's going on. They ain't sleeping. Lord, y'all need to pray for my girls. I know you're tired. I know you're exhausted. I know you're worn out. I know you've been running crazy because it's Christmas. But can I ask you, do you bring your best when you walk into worship? What do you bring to offer your king when you walk into the house of the Lord? Because here's what I know. He doesn't deserve our leftovers. He doesn't deserve just, just what I have in reserve. He deserves the best that you and I can offer. He deserves every ounce of energy, every ounce of attention, every ounce of worship that I can muster up. Even when I don't feel like it, guess what? He's worth it. 
Even when I don't feel like I have the energy to even make the drive. Come on, listen. I'm going to get in the car. Kids, get dressed. Let's go. He's worth it. He's been good enough to our family. He's been better to our family than what we deserve. We're going to church. Let's go. (laughs) We're bringing our best. We're bringing our best. Let's go. Oh, wait. It's not my favorite song. Guess what? You're still worth it. Hallelujah. I don't care for the preacher tonight, but he's still worth it. God bless him. Come on, what do you bring when you come to worship? Do you bring your best? Here's what I promise you. He will always bring you his best. He's never going to give you leftovers. And it's easy to take advantage of it, I know. It's easy to say, well, I know, I mean, he'll forgive me that I wasn't really all there, that I just kind of went through the motions of worship. Just kind of, Lord, I lift your name on high. And he will forgive you. But just because he forgives you doesn't mean he doesn't deserve more. Come on, I'm encouraging you as we wrap up. 2018 and we start looking forward to dreaming and to goals for 2019 come on somewhere I want you to write it down every time I walk into his house every time I walk into his into worship I'm gonna bring my best I'm gonna bring everything that I have I'm gonna leave my worries at the door I'm going to check my problems with my spouse and my kids and my job at the door and I'm gonna come in here and lift him up like he deserves They brought their best. And then it says this, and I think a lot of us, we never realize what this means. It says they opened their treasure. In those days, understand this for just a moment. I'm not far from finishing. I got, let me see, uh, about two more pages of notes. That's it. In those days, they traveled with enough funds that if something happened that was unforeseen, that they would still be able to get home. They traveled with much more than what they needed. So if they needed nine months to get there, nine months for their journey home, a total of 18 months, most of them would have carried about 36 months of financial aid with them for unforeseen circumstances, just in case something went awry on the trip. And the Bible says that they opened up their treasury. Now, here's how I see it in my mind. I can't prove this, but this is just how, when I read it, this is, this is what I think. They're standing there, right? They're, they're looking at the king, and there's, there's something so glorious about this toddler that one of the wise men looks to his, his servant or his bodyguard because they would have traveled with those in, in their day. They would have traveled with bodyguards. And he says, hey, 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 um, hey, go get the treasury right now. And, and I'm sure the bodyguard would have looked at him and said, hey, uh, great idea. But listen, we still got, we got some more journey to go. Like, what if something happens? Hey, I, I understand. Stop. Shh. Just be quiet. Go get the treasury right now. Go, just, you got to go get it. Bring it here. Bring it. Hurry, 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 hurry. Get it here. Get it all, bring it here, bring it right here. Because there was something so spectacular about this young child. And I think this is the way that you and I, we should worship. And I'm not just talking about about monetary, monetary goods. That's not all I'm talking about. But by the way, you can never separate worship and giving. Try to find it in the word of God. When people worship, they gave. 
When they gave an offering, they gave sacrificially. And let me just let this as a side note. But if you want to take your worship to a new level, take your giving to a new level and watch what happens. I'm just, I listen, I'm not after your money. I'm just, I'm trying to help you. Try it. Just see what happens. Start sowing in more to the kingdom of God and watch what happens with your worship life. Watch what happens with your spiritual life when you start sowing into the kingdom of God like you never have before. They were extravagant in their worship. They opened up their church. I know there may be issues. We may not be able to make it home, but it doesn't matter at this point because there's something so spectacular about this young child that I got to give him everything that I have. Would you stand with me? Here's the last thing that I want you to understand about these wise men, these magi. Remember, these wise men came to Jerusalem and they said this, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? Because they figured he would be in Jerusalem. Remember, and they had to go get the Bible out. They had to gather all the chief priests and the scribes. And they said, no, 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 the Bible says Bethlehem. So that's when they went. They went to Bethlehem at that point, but they didn't know where he was at that moment. But watch what verse number 12 says. It says, then, and that's an important word, then. Then means after they worshiped is what it's talking about. Then being divinely warned in a dream This is a God thing. This is a divine thing. After being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country in another way. And you got to catch this. I want to show you how much this can change your life. Before the wise men worshipped, they entered into the presence of the king and they had to go get other people to help them explain what this was all about. Hey, hey, where is he? I don't know. You got to help me figure this out. But after they entered his presence, after they worshiped, God spoke to them directly. And that's, that's one of the most beautiful things that I've seen in scripture. Hear me, if you're not a worshiper, you will always look to other people. Can you help me figure this out? Can you help me try to explain this? I really don't know what my purpose is. I don't really know how to, how to try to put all the pieces of my life together. But hear me, once you get in the habit of entering his presence, once you get in the habit of entering the presence of the king on a regular basis, he's going to speak to you directly. And you're going to understand his voice. oh, Oh, this is my heavenly father talking to me. See, once you're in his presence, it changes everything when you're in the presence of a king. But you gotta worship. You gotta bring your worship with you. You gotta walk into the house of God expecting something to happen in your life. You gotta walk into His presence being willing to to express your worship, to be broken in His presence. And you gotta bring your best. You gotta bring everything that you have every time that you walk in because He deserves it. So what do you bring when you're in the presence of a king? You bring your worship. You bring your worship. Guess what? Your worship is enough. Your worship is what the king wants. Your your adoration is what the king 
want. So here's how I want to close this out. We're not going to draw this out. We're going to do this for 30 seconds. I want you in your own way to open up your mouth verbally and I want you to begin to talk to him. Express your love to your Savior. Can you do that tonight? Come on, let's do it together. Lord, I worship you. God, I magnify you. There is nobody like you. There's never been anybody like you. You are my one and my only, God. I put you in the forefront of everything that I do. That's it. Come on, open your mouth tonight. Lord, I worship you. I magnify you and I commit that every time I walk into your house, every time I walk into your presence, I'm going to bring my best. I'm going to express my worship to you. I'm going to walk in expecting you to do something in my world. I lift you up. I magnify you. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, let your praise ring out. Let your worship ring out right now just for a moment longer. Let him know how much you love him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. Hey, so let's make a pact, okay? Sunday. We're going to come to church Sunday. And the first song, it may be Mary had a little lamb. But we're going to walk in here expecting God to do something. Listen, here's what I believe. If we walk in expecting, when people come down here praying, I'm expecting a miracle to happen. I'm expecting somebody to be healed of cancer. I'm expecting a mama that can't get pregnant to be pregnant. I'm expecting it. Come on, will you, will you believe that with me this week? When we walk in here on Sunday, come on, we're going to bring our best. We're going to bring our worship with us this week. And as we go into 2019... We may not be able to carry it all, but every time we come in, we're carrying our worship. We're bringing it with us because he deserves it all. Let me pray over you. Lord, we love you. Thank you for the opportunity to be in your house, to worship you, to lift you up one more time. It is an honor to magnify you. Bless us tonight and remind us this week to bring our worship with us every time we're in the presence of of a king. Keep us safe. Bring us back Sunday for it's in Jesus name I pray. And everybody said amen. 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 God bless you. Have a great rest of the night. We'll see you Sunday.